I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Hustlers. This is probably the most heartbreaking episode release I've done here on Hustle Share. Before we start this episode, I'd like to provide context on why we're re-releasing this episode today. Because last June 9, 2023, my best friend and co-founder and podcast network Asia, attorney Joseph Acuna, suddenly passed away. We are absolutely crushed by his sudden passing and he will be missed. But we didn't want to start this week and continue on with our hustle without giving a tribute to his hustle and his legacy. So also for full disclosure, this was just our third episode here on Hustle Share, and there were just a lot of rookie mistakes that I did during this episode, so pardon me if the quality isn't as great. So again, please join me in this episode as we remember a great co-founder, a great friend, and a great brother, Attorney Joseph Acuna. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokong Wei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, buy now, pay later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. I think one of the one of the positive things about being a lawyer is that people act well clients actually treat you as consultants. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the third episode of Hustle Share. Today's going to be very special because we have someone who's actually helped me out a lot. Uh, specifically, uh, he's, he's, he's not out there, out there, but a lot of people know him. Uh, his name is Joseph Acuna. Joseph, welcome to the show. Hi, hello, hello. Oh, he has very high energy. <laughs> <laughs> Great energy today, apparently, Joseph. Yeah. So, Joseph here is a, what, what, what's, what's the specific type? A lawyer? What type of lawyer? I'm a capital markets lawyer. Capital markets lawyer. Now, let's just straight, go straight into uh, defining what, what is a capital markets lawyer? Well, it, it's, basically a, it's basically a corporate law practice, but we, my practice concentrates more on fundraising for clients, whether it's via debt or via 
equity. So we deal a lot with startups and mm-hmm. even those who wants to publicly raise fund. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. So startups and <laughs> this episode is all is going to revolve around that because just a little bit of a tidbit on how I met you. Right, uh, in my first uh, a lifetime ago, which is like I don't know five six years ago, um, I met Attorney Joseph through my first startup in uh, in Guestlist.ph. That's the name. Um, it wasn't incorporated yet. I've been doing that for a good three to four years now. I was broke as shit, um, and then finally, uh, long story short, Kickstart Ventures invested in us and. As a part of the the deal in that accelerator, um, Kickstart helped us to incorporate, and the lawyer uh, that was assigned to us was you. So long yes. story short, he helped me. You were actually required, I think, to set up because it was very informal during the time. True, true. Yeah. It, it was the wild, wild west of yeah. startups <laughs> before, and that was it. Twenty thirteen. Probably twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. No, twenty thirteen. I remember twenty thirteen. Yeah. Six years ago, dude. That was, that was <laughs> felt like it was yesterday. Yeah. So that, that's that's what it is. So Joseph literally helped me uh, understand what the actual fuck I'm actually getting into. Because for for us, it, it, as, as a business owner, as, as a hustler by default, sometimes we don't we only focus on the the, the grind, but we don't know that somehow, some way, we need to educate ourselves in 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 what we're getting into because we need to. To get better in what we do, so okay, Joseph. Before we start delving into the the stuff, I've never actually I've known you uh, for a while now. I've never asked you about your story. We always talk about random shit, basketball, <laughs> and whatnot. But how did you get into wanting to become a lawyer? To be honest, I don't really remember. Um, I think it's too much TV. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I, 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 I have vague memories of watching. There were two shows when I was younger. It was The Practice mm. and Ali McBeal. Okay. Of course, I'd tell you about The Practice because, you know. <laughs> Ali McBeal is... Why but, are you watching Ali McBeal as no, a girl? No, but I, I grew up in the province. We had local... No, we, we had free TV only. We didn't have cable. Yeah. So I was stuck with whatever's on TV, which was Channel 9. I think it was on Channel yeah, 9. RPN 9. RPN 9. So cool. I was stuck with that. And I don't know. After graduating high school... Legal management sounded good. And then after legal management, there was, you know, that was the practical path to take, to take where, up law. Where, okay. When you were in college, you took up college in USD, correct? USD, yes. And then um, you took up college. I guess that was a straight path already. When you took up legal management, is it given that most of the time you were going to end up being a lawyer? Not really. Most of my classmates actually ended up doing something else. But... Mm. During that time, I think you experienced this when you were enrolling or applying in, in UST. Mm-hmm. You just look at the name of the course, and then if it sounds good, it's good. So when <laughs> I was is totally different, okay? <laughs> I, I was forced to take whatever because that's the only one <laughs> I you pack, yeah. <laughs> No, but when 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 I took up legal management, it was more of I thought it was a good pre-law. Okay, and then subsequently I found out that it was. Actually, for people who wants to have a legal background okay. while not ending up taking up law. Mm. So you still have that good base, but you still have a lot of freedom what you want to do after. Yes. Supposedly, that's... I, I think when they developed legal management, they wanted for you know young businessmen to have a basic background of the law. Yeah. That was the whole premise of it. But somehow, because it, it, it gets a bit misleading when you read mm. it, legal management. So you end up taking up law afterwards or you end up taking it with the you know with the intention of taking up law after that so. wow that is great and let's call a spade a spade okay law is not for chumps this is not for people it takes a lot of it's like medicine They're probably it just take a lot of memorization if you, you eat books for a living right so what so after legma is that saying right? Is that yeah, legma. Like, oh, yeah. shit. I, I, sound, I sound legit here. After legma, what? How did you say? All right, I'm gonna do law. Um, actually, when I was in fourth year college already, I started, I started practicing reading. Reading, like yes. litigation reading. No, like just reading, because 
you know how it is in college you spend most of your time just sleeping and drinking I and, don't know about you but I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't really studying that much during the time okay. um so when I was in fourth year I realized I needed to, I wanted to take up law so I started practicing reading so I started buying random books just to read mm. so for me that was just it I practiced reading the memorization stuff I didn't really okay. do that yeah um I'm not really that you know I'm not really that smart to memorize a bunch of things. Um, so I think it was, I, I always thought of myself as an overachiever. There you in go. In that way, yeah. So I just, I can't even say I overworked. I just mm. worked enough. I Would think. you say it's just general curiosity as well? Not really. Um, okay, when I graduated college, most of my friends actually started working. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work yet and I didn't want to be a bum. So law school was actually a convenient way to be was a bum. Was there a gap when you... No, I took up law straight, straight out. out of college. Yes. Wow. So it was a good, you know, it's it's a legitimate way to be a bum. You know, you're okay. still getting allowance and <laughs> you have a purpose, yeah. you know, while my friends were already working. Yeah. So it was a good way for me to, to postpone growing up. Because I've seen also people where, you know, after college... They go into corporate or they do something else before they realize that, hey, I want to do law and whatnot. So you 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 went straight up. I went straight up. Um, and I I can't say it was intentional. It was just yeah. because I didn't know, I didn't have anything else to do at that time. Got it. Some people, because of their, you know, because of the lack of opportunity, they end mm-hmm. up working first yeah. and just going back afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I mean, most of the people I talk to, they tell me that once you start working, it's hard to go back because, you know, once you start earning, yeah, it's... Correct. Yeah. And it becomes a habit. And that's all, they, they call it the rat race, right? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. once you start getting into the rat race, rat race it's, it's tough to go out. Yeah. Like, personally, me, whenever, what triggered me to be an entrepreneur was I hated going to work. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not going to work because I just felt like I can be a master of who I want. I knew that was not not normal. You know, the longest tenure I've had being an employee was eleven months working for someone else. Oh, but that's that's quite long, also. Yeah, I know. But I've seen people work seventeen years or eighteen years, <laughs> spend the whole fucking life yeah. uh, and working in, in a company. So I knew there was something, and I knew that it's not because I'm a bad employee. It's just that I wanted to do. I wanted to be in control of my own destiny, whether I fail or not. So, okay, going back to your story as a lawyer, was it a straight line drive? Was it law is not easy? You, we we hear the horror stories of fraternities, yeah. uh, terror lawyers. <coughs> was it easy for you? Did you just were, I, did you transfer to school some? Somehow? Yes. Okay. okay so when I, when, I, when I actually started law. Um, the I didn't really know if I wanted to become a lawyer yet during mm-hmm. the time. As I said, I just wanted to have something to do while figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I told myself during the time was, as long as I keep passing, yeah, I'll push through. So you're alive. Yeah. So I keep passing somehow. Um, kept surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I reached. I think I was in third year already yeah. during the time. Um. I reached third year. I in law school we have uh they call it uh it's it's they call it QPI. QPI. Um, QPI. QPI. I don't really know what it means, but it's an average, your average Cute. grade. QPI. Cute Papa India. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a bad <laughs> So so we have a re- QPI requirement. Okay. And during my third year, I wasn't able to hit that requirement. It's like a GPA. It's like a GPA, yeah. yeah. So it's like a quota course of some yeah, sort. So I wasn't able to reach the quota. Mm-hmm. So I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And then during the time, I was already in my fourth year. Yeah, that's, that was a tough... So it didn't make sense for me to stop because I was already... Yeah, right there. Just yes. one more push. Yeah. And I wasn't really failing my classes. It's just that just I... You didn't make the cut. I just didn't say. make the cut. So it's... I, I think that was one of the motivations during the time was because mm. I wasn't really failing. It was that I wasn't as impressive as I should have been. Got it. So... You, that was the chip on your shoulder. During the time, not really. It was more of... It was just... A waste that I, you know, my mom already spent X amount of years with me. And so after that, um, I was supposed to stop because remember, as I said earlier, Mm -hmm. my, my gauge was as long as I keep passing, I'll pursue. Um, 
But during the time, it was already in my fourth year. I didn't want to pr- push through because I was, you know, that was the yeah. my limit, you know. Mm-hmm. But then my mom talked to me. A, a couple of relatives talked to me um, mm-hmm. to just finish it. I mean, so I was already. Where are you? In the, would, would would it be fair to say that there was a lot of doubt and it's like ah, I don't want to do this anymore? Did that creep in, or were you really determined to like finish the race? Um, during the time, actually. Um, during the time, uh, it's not that I doubted myself. Um, it wasn't even part of the equation during the time. Mm-hmm. When I was in third year college, um, my we we, we I, I think I told this to you before. We used to have a chain of banks in the province. Chain of banks. We used to have like okay. seven, eight banks in the province, wow. and then during that time, everything closed oh, in a span of like four or five months. Is this the financial <laughs> crisis during the financial crisis? Wow. <laughs> um. So during the time, it was actually taking up law was the least of my concern. I was actually concerned about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I was going back and forth to the province to help them with the, it's called bank run, um, mm. to the, with the bank run. So um, that's, what, that's what I was doing. And mm. when I got kicked out of USD, um, well, I just wanted to go back to the province and try to fix it. Yeah. And that's when my, my mom talked to me, my relatives talked to me that, you know, I, it's basically them telling me that my life shouldn't be affected by what's happening there right. and just push through. Yeah. Um, so not that I doubted myself during the time. It was more if I had more important things to do. Got it. That's why I decided. But you I never thought, stopped. Eventually you finished law school. Yes. And then, um, of course, we know that that's not the finish line. The finish yeah. line is a whole other monster in itself, yes, yes, which yes. is the bar exams. Yes. Did you what once you walk us through this? Because I've never, I mean, I've you're the only, you're the first lawyer that I ever knew like this. Yeah. What type of hustle does a law student have to go through? Okay, talking about, the bar exam? talking about hustle during the time because remember, the whole family business closed, yeah. So during the time, I, I actually had to get a bunch of gigs mm. to pay for law school to okay. to pay for review and things like that. Okay. So during that time, I was actually doing side gigs as a photographer. Photographer. I was shooting for magazines. This was nice. around 2010, I think, 2011. Nice. I was doing this while I was in fourth year law school up to the time I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I always tell this to people, during my week of, the first week of my bar exams, mm-hmm. like four or five days before, I actually had a shoot. Wow. That I needed to take, otherwise I wouldn't be able to pay off the. There's a <laughs> there's a bunch wow. of things you have to pay during the time. So that was the side hustle I was I was doing. And I had you to have deal to with review that. and store all that information in your head. Yes, but okay. Just a background before taking up the bar, you practically studied four years already. So yeah. that's I mean, if you studied enough, it should be okay. It should yeah. be a review. I think that's the problem with most students they they study instead of reviewing mm. during my review i actually reviewed yeah. so i i wasn't you already reading. knew these these concepts or yeah so it was more of confirmation so every time you read it's more of oh i heard about that or like oh i read about that rather than memorizing yeah yeah okay. so during that time it was just me at i actually attended review classes another thing about bar exam review centers is nobody attends oh people just go there they get the notes they go to the library or starbucks or starbucks (laughs) or whatever (laughs) when i was studying i actually went to the review classes i it i sat through the review and i go home and study again and sleep so that was the whole thing um but yeah with law school it's a different hustle for different people that worked for me during the time at least all right. Thank you for that. Um, we'll take a quick break to discuss a deep dive on what really does attorney Joseph really do now and how he's helping fellow hustlers achieve their dreams. Back after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. 
Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, Hustlers. How are companies like Pizza Hut, Tech in Asia, and Love Bonito saving $28,000 a year? Well, Aspire is an all-in-one finance solution designed for modern businesses. Over 15,000 companies across Asia are using Aspire to streamline business financial processes, saving both time and money. Now, Aspire understands the demand of your business, and these are their offers. Lightning-fast international transfers enabling money movement across 130-plus countries. The best FX rates with no hidden fees ensuring transparency. And multi-currency accounts in U.S. dollars, euros, Great British Crowns, Singaporean Dollar, Indonesian Rupiah, and more, facilitating transactions in multiple currencies. And guess what? Opening an account can be done 100% online, making access to a global business account effortless. Aspire works with thousands of startups across Asia, offering an easy way to open a business account to receive investments from VCs. Aspire is backed by global top-tier VCs, including Sequoia and Y Combinator, and has been recognized by CB Insights as one of the top 100 most promising fintechs globally. Join over 15,000 businesses across Asia that have already made the switch to Aspire and experience the future of business finance. For more details, visit AspireApp.com. That's A-S-P-I-R-E-A-P-P.com. Again, that's AspireApp.com. And let's make business finance simple, integrated, and borderless together. We're living in weird times, so EsquireMag.ph is here to remind you about all things that matter. From current events, culture, style, food, money, cars. So you can have a feeling and can form an opinion about all aspects of the world you live in. EsquireMag.ph, the single best source for everything you love. Intelligent and stylish. Timely and timeless. Substantial and irreverent and a little bit weird. Everything that matters is here. EsquireMag.ph And we're back. Um, we're still with attorney Joseph Acuna, a capital markets lawyer. Did I say that correctly? I always say capital gains for some reason. <laughs> yes, that's season, correct. That's why. Yeah, that's correct. taxes people. All right, <laughs> so um, attorney Joseph, so you've walked us through how uh, you hustled as a as a law student to law school, all the way through bar exams. What happened after you passed? And how did you get into this career of helping people raise money or funding to what they are? It's just law, law, law by default is very generic. How do you specialize? It, it was an accident, actually. Um, the first call that I got after passing well, aside from friends and relatives, was from this law firm. Wow. So what happened was, apparently I, f- I submitted an application like a few weeks prior to, mm. to the results. Um, and then I, I can only assume that they w- wrote my name down and waited for the results. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they just called me. And then during the time, I was in need of a job. I mean, I was just yeah. waiting for the now results. You're, now you're going to have an excuse. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, ah. I'm going to be a PhD. <laughs> You'll get a job, Joseph. So I got the call. I needed a job. So I just took the job. Um, just to find out later that what actually happens in the real world is after passing the bar, you get a couple of calls. I thought that was the Literally. only... Literally. Yeah. So that I thought that was the only call I'll get. So I said yes in the first uh, call. <laughs> you bit on the first bit. Yeah. And then a couple of days after, I got around three to five more calls. Shit. But you already but said yes. I already said yes. We already agreed on a number. And then I already reported for uh, some kind of uh, an informal interview. Of some How sort. long did you stay in that first gig? I'm still in my first gig right now. Oh, wow. This is my first gig. Yeah. Wow, holy I gosh. never left, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> How long have you been with your, your current law firm now? Um, since 2012 or 2013, I think. Wow. I think you were one of my first clients. Aww. 
in 2013. If we met in 2013, yeah, you were yeah. probably one of my first clients. Yeah. That is amazing to know. I didn't know that because again, I was to a yeah. total neophyte, naive. I can I can assume that the reason why I was given your accounts because you were the smaller accounts. And <laughs> wow. I was the youngest in the No, I was the youngest in the firm. Oh. Because now that I'm one of the senior ones, I noticed that the smaller accounts is given to the newbies. Okay. So, okay. Got yeah. it. So it's like a test account. Yeah. Got it. All right. So how does one specialize? So you said you're first, and in your firm, you specialize in helping people go IPO and raise funds. Yes. It, okay. Um, most, yeah. most lawyers actually... They, without intending to, they end up specializing in something. Um, mm-hmm. In my case, I was almost forced to specialize just because the first firm I, yeah. you know, I worked at specializes in this field. Okay. Um, and they specifically hired me for a specific fundraising project. Got it. They had I'm the fund. Sure you can't disclose what yeah. it was. But so yeah. th- there was a big fundraising project that they were doing. They needed additional help. So they needed additional manpower. Okay. So. And then after that, I realized that I like the job without even knowing that such a practice exists. Because when you're even when you're in law school, it's just litigation or corporate. Although my practice leans towards corporate, yeah, it's a diff. It's a more specific corporate. Because most corporate is revolving or either in house representing a company yeah. or in a law firm. But yeah. What I like about what you guys already do again, um, not to toot my own horn here, but. Just a little bit of a side note as well. My current company, Chatbot PH, wouldn't have been acquired if not for Joseph's um, recommendation. So I thank him forever <laughs> for that because without that, I wouldn't have met Sterling Paper mm-hmm. and we wouldn't have done a deal, which now I'm very thankful for. My team is in the best shape ever and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, um, there, going back to how you were able to do that, you now you, you know, you help uh, companies raise funds, yeah. right? How does that work? What are the options of a company, regardless of the size? Say, for example, I'm a small company. Usually, I I raise seed funding, angel funding. These are the nitty gritties that people need to know. So, if you're a startup founder now or a small time. As, as you have an SME, you you don't need to bootstrap many many bootstrap self fund at all. How can one tap into these types of resources? Because that's what people need to know. Okay, so I usually tell this to clients. The first thing that I can help with is to have a good business. Okay, if that's have, up to us. That's up to you. I can't really help on that. Um, help with that. So if you have a good business, more or less, it's gonna be easier for you to look for investors. Sure. Um, in my case, uh, from experience, um, I noticed that those those clients of mine that started from it's usually the the people that it's usually the founders that investors invest in. So it's the person and the team. It's the person and the team, but usually, to be honest, it's the person because they don't really meet the team. God. Right? It's usually just the investor that you introduce. It's the investor that pitches, and you know so. For the opportunities, well, even without opening any books, you know, if you have a business, what's the first thing you do? You usually call your mom, call your dad, call your tita, call your nina. The triple F's. So the triple F's uh, for the 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 for the sake of everyone who's listening. Triple F's is friends, families, and fools. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. These are the easiest yeah. sorts of funds. So it's it it usually starts with that. Um, and subsequent to that, you end up going to banks. Yes. Um, now you take a debt. Now you take a However, debt. Again, going back to our first episode where actually bridges that gap, because not everybody can be qualified to, to yes. get a debt like that. And then the other popular option is to do 5-6. Actually, going back to the triple F, triple F yeah. as you call it, it doesn't mean that you're always getting money from your friends what's that friends family and fools yes for equity sometimes mm-hmm. you loan it from your mom sometimes you loan it from a rich tita or something yeah so it's it's both ways when you raise funds it's always two ways it's either debt or equity got it 
So it's just a question of where do you borrow or where do you, and you know, much. and how much. I mean, no, where do you borrow? Meaning, do you borrow from angel? Because you call those basically angel yeah. investors. The first right? ones are angels always. <laughs> yeah. So, or devils if they really have, if you have a bad <laughs> deal, right? Yeah. So it, it depends on who you seek funding from. Mm-hmm. So for startups, it's usually angel because you're, you know, the reason why you're a startup is because you're not really qualified yet. Yeah. So you can't really go to banks. And the decision-making yeah. process of an angel is different than a traditional or an institutional VC. Because really with an angel, uh, these are high net worth individuals yeah. that, you know, um, like I have some cash that I want to, that I'm sitting on. I'd rather spend it with a more, it also depends on the risk appetite, right? Uh, on how they want to invest it, whether they want to go less risky, put it on stocks, on bonds, and let it sit and make 8% per annum. Or you go very risky, put it in a startup, but you can go 10x in X amount of years. That's why I said earlier that they usually invest in people. Because if the person is interesting enough, I mean, if you ask me, I'd rather put my money in bonds or in, you yeah. know, in more conservative, you know, avenues. But if you like an individual, you have enough cash, you might as well invest in that person because, you know, no matter how good the concept is, no matter how good the business is, if the guy's an asshole, he's an (laughs) asshole. I mean... But I've seen other assholes. (laughs) But, you know, there's there's always a healthy middle, right? A, A good asshole that's great in business... Or a nice guy who's a stuff. No, like but that. if you're an investor, do you want to do calls with that person? Mm. I mean, can you just imagine your board meetings with that asshole? Oh, shoot. You won't even trust that guy. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. that, that, yeah. I, I totally get it. Now, Joseph, what I want to know, based on your experience, right? What's the best uh, option, I guess, for 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 a startup? Because again, you said debt or equity, yeah. right? Um, when when you <laughs> When you're a small-time entrepreneur, right? Do you really have and you look at the end goal? Is IPO IPO when you go in public the only thing? Because it's how many tech companies have got IPO? Surepass. I don't know anyone else, right? You know, Surepass always been there. But what are the other options? Is, it, is there bonds or what? what okay, just, just a caveat. Um, I'm not really a financial person. Okay. I'm not a I'm not a capital markets analyst and, you know, so strictly to law. But from experience, I noticed that, I mean, of course, when when you talk about structures, you can do bonds, you can do, but it really depends on, number one, the the founder. Okay. I mean, what type of, what type of uh, funding does he need? Mm. Because even if you want to go public, you might not be qualified. Mm. Even if you want to raise X amount of money, maybe your cash flow isn't enough. Mm. Or maybe if you want to... Okay, the problem with debt is you need to pay for it. If you don't have enough cash flow, you'll end up just shooting your own foot. True, true. So those are the considerations. That's why it, there's no fixed structure that you can do for for any founder. So, like for example, in your case, um, you needed you needed the cash flow. You needed yep. you needed funding at that time, so yep. you needed to be acquired. Yep. Versus, if you put up more debt, you might not have enough you know runway mm-hmm. with that debt in mind. Right. Yeah, you'll you'll end up you know dying because of that quick fundraising you'll do. Okay. Now, my last question before we go to another break: You've seen a lot of companies come into You've helped them incorporate all the way to the worst part, which is uh, you know, they have to liquidate. What are the characteristics of two things? I want to ask of uh, what do you see? What do you see are the characteristics of a successful company, and what are the characteristics of a company doomed to fail? Okay. Um, okay. Maybe we should start with number one. As I said earlier, there should be a good business. Okay. If you have a good business, more or less, you'd survive, even without fundraising. I mean, a lot of companies survived using the cash flow to, yeah. to expand. Um, and of course, the founders need to be resilient. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that, I mean, when you start a business, you'd, you'd have a lot of issues. Bad partners, bad employees. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the shit. Yeah, I have, I, have a, <laughs> I have a client now whose partner is suing her for estafa wow. and things like that. So... You'll end up with a lot of you know bumps in the road, and 
you have to be resilient. It's worse than marriage because in marriage you can always like right, spread up or at least in the Philippine setting you can annul. Yeah. In a corporation you're stuck there forever until you buy them up. Yeah. So the 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 thing in I mean for successful ones, most of them have a good idea. Okay. And then as I said earlier, good idea is not really enough. So most of them have good founders. Okay. Um, okay, that's the good, that's the poggy stories. Okay. What about um, the hell stories? No, no, no. I mean, there's another side to it. Okay. A lot of successful companies are successful because they have capital. Of course. So a lot of companies, they don't really have the smartest people behind it. Mm-hmm. They don't have the nicest concept, but they have cash. They're able so, to play the game. So they're able time. to play. Yeah. You have enough runway to out, to, to outlast the rest of and them and make a couple mistakes along the way and yes pivot and you can actually out. you can afford to make mistakes okay. that's the problem with the other side of the coin wherein you can't afford to make too much mistakes because you're gonna die because you're gonna die so i think that's if if you ask me that's the trick there you need to survive as much as possible Figure before out you run out yes, yes. so yeah. yeah okay it's going back because I've, I've been through both sides the wins and the losses and sometimes there's more value. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but because it's never fun. It's the most gut-wrenching experience I've ever been through. Probably the, the only thing that, 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 that can, is worse in, in terms of dealing is death, when you're dealing with death. But nothing is more painful than closing a business that you've spent time and effort, blood and sweat and tears, any other liquid... <laughs> In between, nothing's more gut-wrenching than that. Um, Other than, you know, having bad partners, what are the characteristics that, you know, maybe other hustlers out there should, you know, be cautious of? Watch out for. Um, To be honest, sometimes... Is it cap table? Cap table, like giving too much equity if you're the main guy. Okay, with the cap table, I can't really say that that's an issue. Because at the end of the day, it's your requirement. It's you give out capital, not because you want to, but because you have to, most of the time at least. Of course. So you sell shares because you need the money. So it's a bullet you have to bite. True. For those who fail, that most of the my clients that eventually end up failing, um, mm. what I notice is they end up with bad timing. Timing. Timing is a key. I mean, that's why I, I mean, as much as you have to work hard, you have to pray that everything works out for you. Because no matter how hard you work, if the timing is bad, I mean, can you just imagine if you start chatbot like 10 years ago? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's very bad timing. Yeah. I mean, so at the end of the day, it's, it's a bit of luck as well. It's very true because in the second episode, this the episode before this one, Iba said the same thing. Timing is everything. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're, not a vi- you're only a victim of your own game too. But again, say timing out of the thing. Um, would you say that, so, you know, like I said, going back to the cap table reference that I said, right? If you give up too much equity, and there's a lot of predatory deals out there, again, depending on the bullet you have to bite. Have you seen scenarios where founders, you know, jumped the gun too early, gave up too much for too soon? And then down the road, they couldn't make the decision that they need to make. Yes, a lot of people actually end up doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask me, uh, the problem is not really on that side of the business. Okay. The problem, I think, and especially with startups, I noticed this with startups, um, they concentrate too much on the fundraising part of yes. the business. Although, of course, you need funding. But yeah. sometimes you spend too much time fundraising, you end up, Taking for granted the business side yeah, of and you it. get enamored and hey, I miss X amount of million yeah. dollars, and then you realize, hey, I don't have a sustainable business model. Yeah, and you and you know, at the end of the day, a sari sari store is earning more than you. I mean, oh. can you just imagine that? Yeah. The sari sari store is just buying and selling, you know, yeah. candies and stuff, and yeah. they're earning more than you. Um, because I think they they concentrate on the business, and that's one thing that maybe businessmen, not just startups, businessmen should should take a look at they have to concentrate on what's the business versus, you know, the cool side of it that, you know, pitches and, you know, preparing decks and marketing and things like that. On the news. Yeah. So if, if you have a good business, if you concentrate to improve your business, 
I mean, I think you'll end up doing okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we'll do another quick bake. Um, and then after this, we're going to be doing a deep dive more on Attorney Joseph's hustle and what, what it takes to be a good lawyer and what it takes to be uh, on his side of the coin. More of that after the break. Hey, hustlers. Wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust DragonPay. And we're back for the last part of this uh, episode. We're still with attorney Joseph Acuna. Um, on this part, we're going to do a deep dive now on, on how he does his hustle and what it takes to be a capital markets lawyer. I mean, just by a, a lawyer by default, because it's a totally different ballgame. And correct me if I'm wrong, but basically law, again, this is very naive and this is very subjective based on my point of view. I, this is not a smart opinion or not point of view, but Law is basically upholding the very truth because there's always three three sides of the coin, right? One side, the other side, and the truth. Right? You're defending one side. So in order to be a good lawyer, what does one have to have to be able to provide and s stick by what you, what you are now? Because you've gone a long way, right? And what are the things that you never let go and what you live by by default? Okay, in my kind of practice, um, I think that's one of the reasons also why I'm comfortable with the capital markets practice or with the corporate mm -hmm. practice because there's no, 
there's no um, oppositions in my kind in my line of work. Mm-hmm. Usually we do deals. So okay. in in my in most of my situations that I'm on one side of the deal and then there's another lawyer on the other side of the deal and okay. our roles are usually to just make sure that everything is in order that you know that your client is protected yeah. that nobody takes advantage of whoever right it doesn't mean that you have to take advantage of the other side because you know that's why sometimes we're called transaction lawyers Okay. You make sure that the transaction runs smoothly, as smoothly as possible. As smoothly in their favor, or does it also have to be fair for the other side? Because you know, sometimes that's what it is. As as, as businessmen, sometimes you can't help the fact that you know you gotta maximize whatever you can, even if it's lopsided and whatnot. So where does that? How do you balance that? Out? In 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 my line of work, we rely a lot. On relationships. Okay. So, okay, I need to start with that because we don't, well, personally, I don't as much as possible try to ruin relationships even on the opposing side because it's a small industry for my practice. So my opposing party today might be my client tomorrow. Yeah. So as much as possible, we don't try to take advantage. We don't burn bridges. Yeah, not, not just burn bridges, but... You know, as much as possible, try not to be a dick about it. I mean, there are a lot of, especially with litigation, because it's a very different ball game with litigation. Yep. They have to be uber aggressive. They have to really protect their clients. Yeah. In my line of work, not really. As long you're as you're not in the line of fire. Perhaps. Yeah. As long as you protect your client, you're good. Okay. So in in my line of work, relationship actually matters. Um. One of the disadvantages I have is that I grew up in the province, so I don't have that much network in Manila when I got to Manila. So I'm trying to build as much network as I can today. And How do you hustle for that? Now, so you said you came from zero. Yeah. But now, you know, all these people, and without you, I wouldn't be yeah. here either, maybe without your help. How did you hustle to that? I mean, of course, it's it's given that it's it's with your work, but I'm pretty sure you you went over and above to build that network. Yeah. Okay, again, I premise this by saying that, okay, the presumption is most lawyers work hard. The presumption is most lawyers know what they're doing. Yeah. And with everything equal, I think what I do on top of it is, you mean just building relationships. So, for example, I think you're a perfect example of that um, in that I'm not really responsible in raising funds for you. Yeah, but you opened my door. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is that that's actually beyond what I'm paid to do. Yeah. I'm supposed to drop the the paperwork. I'm supposed to tell you about the structure, but I'm not supposed to start looking for investors for you. Sure. So those are the small things that, you know, we do or I do at least to build relationships. Yeah. I mean, imagine we met 2013. You, you know, you were starting your own business. I was starting my practice and... You know, who would have thought would be here. So it's about relationships, I think. It's about treating people at least with some some form of respect. I mean, if you respect people, it's yeah. easy to, you know. Sort Correct. Of. Now, um, Joseph, what are the hacks in order for a lawyer in this slide of field to succeed? Because again, this is all talking about technicalities. You know, you know one false move yeah. can mean a lot of money down the drain. So... What are your hacks to make sure that you're always on top of your game? To make sure that you know you're 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 doing the game right and you're executing top level. Well, hacks. Um, of course, you need to do a lot of readings. Yeah, that's a given. Um, and I don't know if a lot of lawyers do this, but I really rely a lot on apps. Apps. Okay. I, I rely. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so, Joseph is married. So if you see him on Tinder, please screenshot it and send it to his wife. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I heavily, my, my day relies a lot on apps. So, for example, um, I don't know. I'm, so for me, my basic hack is I have data. Okay. That's very basic for me. I don't really, I panic when I go to places where I don't have data or internet connection. Mm, you need that, to be connected to the world. Right? I need to be connected. So what do you do with these apps? What type of apps are you talking about? So for example, I I rely heavily on Evernote. Okay. 
Um, depending on the client, I with Filipinos we rely a lot on Viber. Yeah. I have foreign clients who rely a lot on um, WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yep. And then the younger ones, the we Tele. do no, no, the other okay. one, the uh, Kate. No, uh, Slack. Slack. Of the course, younger right. ones, they I, I don't know why, but the Slack. It's it's a great collaborate. It's it's in house. Mm-hmm. I can't run my team without Slack. Yeah. Slack is where it's the lifeblood of the team. It's your own network. It's integrated with everything. Yeah, it's easy to pass around documents and things yes. like that. And stay within a certain topic. Yeah. And I I I use Asana heavily also. Okay. So for you to do's. Yeah, for the to-dos. And you you I treat clients as a project. Okay. So it's easy to just far aim to branch out whatever you have to do with Asana. Nice. And that's your tech, that, that's us creeping into you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course Microsoft. I get to I mean and I was as I was just telling you earlier, I I also have a bunch of cloud I mean, cloud-based stuff. Cloud-based stuff, yeah. yeah. So, huh, what's I'm mean, just curious because not all clients are young like us, mm-hmm. or at least tech savvy. How do you deal with clients who are on the traditional side? Who you know, those, those clients who still print email or don't read emails or like <coughs> things in, in in traditional ways. Yeah, you adapt with. I mean, you adapt to it. So, for example. I have clients that I have to call after emailing. Mm. I have clients who actually don't even hold their own phone. So after emailing them, you have to call their secretary to tell them to print what you emailed. Mm. I mean, to be honest, even I myself, I have to print things out. Oh, I don't really like reading things. I mean, especially long documents. I don't like reading it um, in my phone or in my laptop. So what I usually do is I print it out. Mm-hmm. I do notes on it. And then I have to use word or whatever afterwards nice. so now okay um what are how does how does one 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 lawyer or in your field uh try to get by the obstacles what are the common obstacles that you usually get because i'm pretty sure you, you need a ton of patience in this line of field you can't be a you're an impatient guy like ah, oh, this guy's an idiot and whatnot do you literally prepare yourself emotionally and because you can't drag that because technically majority of the time we are giving we're consulting you with our problems. Yeah. How do you, do you have a rule and like I'm not supposed to bring this shit home and what? Um okay, the I think one of the one of the positive things about being a lawyer is that people act well clients actually treat you as consultants. Yeah. So they're a, a little bit nicer to you, you know. They're it's it's a lot lighter to deal with yeah. clients versus I can imagine with I can just imagine with other types of you know. Of but most work. of the time we call because there's some trouble. There's some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can't. Be, I can't remember. I can't remember how many times I'm like, oh, Joseph, what do I do with this? Right. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's I I think it's a it depends on the personality as well. I think it's a. I'm gifted with that. I can just absorb things like that. Of course, it okay. gets draining at some times, but. Yeah. With my line of work, it's not, I mean, it's just a deadline that we're okay. trying to catch versus, I can just imagine surgeons having a different oh, you know, dude, type of problem. Of so, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a matter of perspective. So, I mean, if you think about it that way, yeah. that, you know, my, my shit is still easier than yeah. whatever they're going through. I mean, if I miss a dot, it's, I'm good. If they miss a dot, somebody could die. So, wow. That's true. Yeah. Um, just a couple more questions. Just looking back at motivation, because you know, does it, I'm pretty sure at some point it gets boring. It gets old. <laughs> Anything that has repetitive and whatnot, especially dealing with laws and whatnot, right? What is your why? What 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 keeps you going on a day to day basis? Um, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it that much. Um. I don't think of it during or prior to whatever project I do. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you do a project, you do a fundraising, and then you realize that it actually matters what you do. Okay. Like I, 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 like a couple of years ago, like two years ago, I raised fund for a for a green development company. Okay, and it was one of the smaller fundraising uh, we did. Yeah. Um, I think it, it relatively small. Um, Define small because you're talking about when when you when you say million, around two hundred twenty million. 
But 220 million away. Pesos, dollars. Pesos. No, but prior to that, I mean, prior to that, we were raising, that was the first SME. It's an, it's... As an SME, 220 it's, million. It's classified as an SME market, yes. 220 million. 220 million. So, so you know, just, just again, <laughs> just put the first things into perspective. Joseph raises billion sometimes. Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when, when we were able to IPO that company, it, I, I somehow oh, realized... We yeah, we did IPO. Ah. I mean, for IPO perspective, it's relatively small. But still, yeah. that's a whole league of its own. Yes, but no, the, the point is that um, prior to doing a project, you don't really think about what the why is. But after doing a project, there are, every once in a while, you feel good that, oh, I actually helped this person. Or, yeah, and- you know, I mean, remember earlier, I was telling you that, you know, running a business is about you know, surviving more or trying to outlive the problems that you face as a business. So, I mean, whenever we raise enough cash for them, that's a good feeling that, you know, you help them survive to live another day or to live another year. And achieve their dreams. Yeah, it may not be your dream, but at the very least, you're helping people do their dream. And if their dream is good, for the environment or good for the country or whatever. I mean, it's, it has a better, you know, it leaves a better you taste in You sleep better. Yeah, you sleep better. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, lastly, uh, just a couple, uh, just lighter <coughs> topics at least. There's a new law now, mm. and this is very technical as, as a lawyer, that very soon here in the Philippines, I mean, it's been passed, right? That yes. people can now uh, incorporate as a sole director or sole incorporator yeah sole sole incorporator. Director. how big is that for companies and or first time entrepreneurs or whatever how how will that change the game um to be honest i think it's just going to be the same um maybe you have more access to it mm-hmm. um but in the philippines it's it's relatively easy to set up a company even when you are required to do five because you always had two, three siblings and your parents. I mean, it's unlike other countries. I think that's not really a big problem here. Yeah. I think the problem here more of is on the regulatory side of it, on the expense of it. How much? Yeah. I mean, there, it's 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 quite expensive. You set up a company, you have to quarterly pay something with a BIR yeah, or yeah, monthly yeah, yeah. file something, and. Either you learn how to do it or you pay an accountant to do it. So there are fixed costs that you have to do when running a business. And I think the way it's set up is it's it's set up a little bit too complicated for you to do it on your own. Yeah. Unlike in other places when you can actually, it's just online, you can do it on your own. Singapore. You know this. Singapore. uh, For me, I've I've experienced uh, having a corporation here at the first startup. And then second, like, nope, I'm not going through that sh- that pain again, at least immediately. And being on uh, incorporated in Singapore, where you can literally incorporate it, incorporate overnight. Yeah. That's crazy. Both, everything, <laughs> seamless. But again, uh, this is a step in the right direction, this, this whole thing. Yeah, I think it, so. I think so. It, it's, I think it becomes more accessible just because you have options. But as... As regards it being a game changer, I really don't see it that way. Okay. Just more accessible. Yeah. All right. What Last question. What are your tips if someone wants to pursue this type of, of, of career path to be in, in business law per se? Yeah. What, what, if you were talking to your younger self, what, would it, what are the things that we would have said? Like, all right, don't talk to Ron. It's crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, well, number one, I think I, I should have learned how to write better. Write better. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I took for granted growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and number two, working the Excel sheet. Excel. Yes, I thought being a lawyer would, you know, would would help me to run away from whatever number that I have to crunch. But yeah. being a corporate lawyer, you'd, you'd have to learn how to work with the <laughs> Excel sheet. And I think as a businessman also, it's... It's a tool that everybody needs to figure out how to You don't to have work. to get the Pythagorean theorem. But yeah, but you have to know yeah. how to, you know, it's... it's you know your numbers. Yeah, because I think most of us studied Word more than we studied Excel. Yeah. Just because 
when we were younger, it was more practical when doing reports and thing like, things yeah. like that. Like, you know how to control A, control B, and things like that. <laughs> but you don't know how to do summation and things like that yeah, in the yeah. Excel sheet. Which, if you think about it, it's actually this, it should be on the same level. It's a hard skill. Yeah. That people should have. You shouldn't go out there in the real world. Without, without Excel skills. I, yeah. I, I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like coding now. Like you need, somehow, some way, you need to learn how to code. Yeah. Because you're going to have, you're going to come into an uh, opportunity where you need to fuck, unless you want to do manual fucking calculator yeah. shit or an abacus. Yeah. <laughs> right? Then, yeah, go ahead. What else? Uh, well, I should have studied harder. <laughs> but you, you can always correct those mistakes and whatnot. Yeah, you, you can always try to work harder than, you know, you can try to always work harder. Again, thank you very much, Attorney Joseph, for dropping by the Hustle Share podcast. I hope you had fun. Yeah, I had fun. Thank you as well. You did you do not sound like you had fun. <laughs> like, yeah, I had fun. <laughs> now, thank you very much and see you guys in the next episode. Peace.